Welcome to the City Church Sermon Podcast. City Church is a new church plant located in the beautiful city of Frisco, Texas. We pray that the following message will bless your life and help you to a dynamic and powerful walk with Christ. If you have any questions about our church and about who we are, please feel free to visit our website, citychurchfrisco.org, or feel free to email us at hello at citychurchfrisco.org. Thanks for listening. So last week we began a new uh, sermon series we're calling Set a Fire. We're working through several areas of God's uh, Holy Spirit. Um, last week, we discussed the presence of His Holy Spirit in our lives and why it's so important. Um, and this week, we're going to dig into uh, something else, or something different, a little bit different than the presence. We're going to uh, be speaking on the subject of available power. Available power. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was growing up in my early adolescence, teenage years, I was fascinated, I was struck um, by the idea of superpowers and superheroes. I'll admit that I may still have a fascination for that, okay? Don't judge me. I'm still a kid at heart. And my inner child gets excited when I see a trailer for Spider-Man or something, right? Because there's a fascination about superpowers. And I remember growing up, one of my favorite cartoons on Saturday morning, I didn't understand the whole universe, but I loved the theme song, was the X-Men, the animated series. And I remember when I hear that opening guitar lick, it was like, all right, we're going to have a good time now. And during the week, I loved coming home uh, to watch Batman, the animated series. So I was fascinated with the idea of having powers. I was fascinated with superheroes, and I was fascinated that uh, maybe, maybe, maybe one day there would be such a person in real life. And I remember very um, clearly that there were times that I would go to sleep and I would have dreams. You guys ever dream? No? You guys don't dream? Okay. <laughs> and I remember I would dream, and in my dream I was Superman. But the one thing that I wanted to be Superman for, I couldn't do. I couldn't fly. I would run and then up, up, and away, and I'd maybe jump five feet, six feet, and I'd come right back down. For some reason, I just couldn't fly. In my own Superman dream, where I was the hero of the story, right? I just couldn't fly. And, but, you know, it's a fantasy. It's, a, it's something that... It's not real, and just physics, uh, if you study physics and if you um, learn about the human body, you realize that these superpowers, they just cannot happen in our lives. It just, it's just not possible. Many of the things that we even see on these movies is if it was really happening, you know, it, it, it would be hurting a lot of people in the way they save people and catching them falling 100 miles per hour and just these jarring stops that they make, and it's just impossible. It's not, it's not real. But the Bible does speak about a power that is available to us. So if there has ever been a time in your life that you wish you had some sort of superpower, that you wish you had some sort of ability that was special, the Bible tells us that, yes, there is a power that you and I can have in our lives. Now, some of us here, maybe there have been times that we wish we had these superpowers. Maybe it's during rush hour traffic and you just wish you could fly and just skip all this traffic or maybe teleport and just get home like that, right? Or maybe some of you have been at school or at work and you just see this bully that is just 
uh, is just causing a lot of heart, a lot of hurt in people's lives, and you just wish that there was something within you that you could use to to stand up to that bully. If you had the confidence of having some sort of superpower that you could actually just stand up and face this bully. Maybe some of us have witnessed several injustices in our neighborhoods, in our communities, and we just wish that we could do something about it. Although we may never have superpowers, there is a supernatural power that is available to us. And this is the power that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost offers you and me. And this, this power that is available to you and me, is still available today. Okay? There are some places, there are some churches that maybe they believe that God can heal, but they believe that healing is something that is no longer for the church today. But here at City Church, we believe that God's healing power is very uh, uh, real today. We just prayed for Roland Garza, and we believe that God can do a miracle in his life. God can heal this liver that he has. God can guide the doctors to do whatever it is that's needed to, to save his life. We believe in this power. We've experienced this power through, through salvation. When you and I used to be lost in the world, or uh, you and I uh, did not understand who God is in our lives, there was a supernatural power that came upon us for that moment that you and I said, yes, I have decided to follow Jesus no matter what it costs, no matter what it may bring, I will step out in faith. And that takes power. It's not something easy to do at times. So after the resurrection of Jesus, before Jesus is taken up into heaven, he's talking to the disciples and he says the following in Acts chapter 1 verse 4. He says, once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then we jump down to verse 8, and it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. See, Jesus was, was with his disciples, and he promises, hey, do not leave where you're at. Stay in Jerusalem until the gift of the Holy Spirit, until he comes upon you. Then, only then, will you be able to step out and be my witnesses. See, in verse 8, the word power is translated from the Greek word dunamis. Okay, I looked up the correct way to pronounce it. That we had a camp last year, and this was the steam, and we kept pronouncing it dunamis. But the actual way to pronounce it is dunamis. And this word of, of dunamis, so basically saying you will receive dunamis. Well, in the Greek, this word that they use conveys a sort of force. It conveys some sort of miraculous power. It conveys the idea of an explosion. Okay? The power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, the dunamis of the Holy Spirit in our lives, is an explosive power that comes upon us that allows us to live a dynamic, that allows us to live a very, a very uh, a freeing life of, over sin, 
and temptations and just to be able to face our daily our daily battles and our daily struggles it, it's an explosive power it's something that you and I should seek day in and day out and I'm going to speak to you several things I'm going to speak to you about what this power allows you to do I will go ahead and give you a a, 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 a spoiler it doesn't let you fly okay it's not going to let you have super strength but there are powers that come with the Holy Spirit so in first place the Holy Spirit gives you the power to share Christ boldly. Hmm. Have you ever found yourself in a place, in a situation, and, and you think, I, I'm, I'm listening to these people talk, and, and maybe it's a group of people, and, and you think, wow, I, I'm listening to them, and, and, and they're going through a lot of difficulties. If only I had the boldness, if only I had the nerve to say, you know what, I know what you need. Actually, let me tell you something. I've gone through what you've gone through. But let me tell you what happened in my life. Let me be a witness to you about what God has done in my life. And see, when God's Holy, Holy Spirit comes upon, in our, upon our lives, the Bible says that we are given this ability to be able to stand up and to be a witness to give testimony about what God has done in our lives. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4 says, My message, this is Paul speaking, the Apostle Paul, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. See, what Paul is saying, no, you guys were not persuaded. You guys did not receive Christ because of my eloquent words. You didn't receive Christ because of how well I spoke. You received Christ because there was a demonstration of God's power in my life that testified about a real and living God. And this is the power that God gives us. You know, have you ever just wanted to be able to witness to your friends and say, you are living a life far from God and you need Jesus. But something holds you back. We need to seek God's Holy Spirit so we can stand boldly and just demonstrate and be a witness that God is real. And not just in words, but through our lives. Acts chapter 4 verse 13 says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished. See, Peter and John, the 12 disciples, they weren't educated uh, they didn't go to universities for four years and went to go get a master's degree and another two years and go get their Ph.D. after another two years. They didn't do any of this. Peter was a, a fisherman. Matthew was a tax collector. And, and these people, God called them and said, no, I will make you fisher of men. God empowered them. Jesus gave them of their spirit. And when they came before the council in chapter 4, they were being uh, uh, interrogated in this, in this chapter. They were being told, no, stop preaching about Jesus. Stop talking about him. He died. Stop talking about the resurrection. It's not real. 
Peter and John, they stand up, they give a defense for their, for their belief. They give a defense for their faith and they say, who should we obey? Should we obey man or should we obey God who's in heaven? And the council just looks at them and is like, who are these guys? They're fishermen. In our eyes, they're nobodies, but, but look at the boldness that they have. The words that they speak, they were astonished. See, church, you and I have been called to be a testimony. We've been called to be witnesses unto God. Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord, everyone. And this is one of the things that God enables us to do through his Holy Spirit, to be bold, to speak out. Second thing that God does in our lives when we have the Holy Spirit and the power working within us is that, that when we are weak, when we are weak, the Holy Spirit gives us power. Romans chapter 8, verse 26, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. There are times in our lives we feel weak. We feel like there's just, I, 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 I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. I don't have the strength to get up tomorrow. I am overwhelmed by everything going on at work. I'm overwhelmed by my family situation. I am overwhelmed by my relationships that are broken. I am overwhelmed by all the stress that I have that I carry not only at work, but I carry at home. I carry everywhere I go, and I carry this with me, and I'm weak, and I don't know if I can keep going. See, when you and I come before God and we're filled with his Holy Spirit, the Bible says that the Spirit begins to intercede for us. Praise the Lord. Do you know that, that the Spirit prays for us? He helps us. And when we feel weak, we feel empowered, we feel, we feel lifted up by his, by his Spirit. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So next time you're feeling weak, instead of, instead of feeling down, instead of feeling bad for yourself, you should thank God, Lord, thank you for this weakness that I feel because through this weakness, you are going to work a mighty miracle in my life. I don't feel like I can take another step. I don't feel like I can wake up one more day to face another day at work, another day at home, another day with problems. But through your power, I will be made strong in my weakness. 1 Timothy 1.7, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Now, this is important because sometimes we're weak in temptations. Praise God. The Bible says that through his spirit, not only does he give us power, but he gives us self-control. He gives us the ability to, to understand, okay, this is not right in my life. This is not, I, shouldn't, I should not bite that apple. <laughs> I should not step into this area. And the Bible says, it doesn't say that you need to face temptation head on. The Bible says that there's times that you and I need to flee. So don't continue putting yourself in situations that you know you may fall in. You need to 
Do you know that you're weak in that area? Trust in God's power. Leave immediately. Amen? The Holy Spirit gives you the power to have hope in a hopeless world. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hope is such a, a, an important thing in our lives because if we wake up in the morning, we have no hope. We have nothing to live for. We need to wake up every morning and, and, and understand that there is a glory in our hope because our hope is not based on men. Our hope is not based on governments. Our hope is not based on what happened on Friday. And we see that men struggle, men fight, and they cause different things in, li- in, the, in the life of a country, in the life of a nation. But our hope is founded and it rests in a rock that never moves. And he fills us with joy and peace. Even though there were riots in Washington, we know who's truly is in control. Even though there was transfers of powers, we know who's truly in control. Because our, re- our trust doesn't lay in who's in office. Our trust lays in Christ. In his power and what he's done and what he will do. The Holy Spirit gives you the power to to experience all the fullness of God. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 and 19 says that, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp How wide and long and how high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know that this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. What is the fullness of God? It means that all of God's love is is available to us. All of God's forgiveness is available to us. Everything that God has allowed, every promise that we find in this book, every promise directed at you and me, directed at our family, directed at our future, it is available to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. We can have it. It's available to us. And see, these four things are great and all, but pastor, how, how exactly do I experience this? How exactly can I obtain this power that's available? Because yes, there is somebody that I would like to, to speak to them about God. I want to speak to them that there is some, a different way that they can live their lives. I've seen their hurt. I've seen their pain. How can I, how can I grasp this boldness? How can I have this hope in my life? Because sometimes I wake up and there is no hope in my life. I feel like there is no tomorrow to live for. How can I have this? How can I be strong when I'm weak? That, that doesn't make sense to me, Pastor. How can, I be, how can that be available to me? How can I experience God's fullness in my life? So here I may step on some toes, okay? So watch out with your toes. Number one, if you and I want to experience God's power in our lives, we need to first let go of doubt and intellectual pride. 
We need to let go of doubt and intellectual pride. We cannot seek the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives when we hold on to doubt. No podemos obtener el poder de Dios cuando nos detenemos, retenemos duda en nuestras vidas. We just can't. We have to have faith. But see, sometimes that doubt comes hand in hand with intellectual pride because it doesn't make sense to us and, and this idea of, of, of the supernatural and a logical world that we live in, it just doesn't flow, it just doesn't go with us. The Bible says that in order for us to reach the kingdom of heaven, we must demonstrate a childlike faith. There has to be an innocence within our hearts to believe that what the Bible says, to believe that what God says, who we are, that we are more than conquerors, we are more, we are victory, victorious, that there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God, that in order to believe this, you and I have, must, must have a child. Like faith. Just like some of our kids, they look at us and they look at dad and they believe dad can do all things. Grecia may look at Gami and say, Dad, my dad is the strongest dad. He's Superman. My daughter may look at me and she thinks I'm Superman. She just, our kids, they look at us, and, and Jenna may look at, 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 at Julian and think he's like Wolverine, you know? <laughs> but they have this child faith in their parents. They have this child and uh, this, this innocence in their hearts that, that believe in their parents. They believe that whatever they say they're going to do, you're, you're going to do. They believe that they're protected with you. Right? We, we have two stories in our house, and when it rains and when it thunders, and you guys heard the, noise, the, the wind last night, the wind at our house is crazy. And we're putting the kids to sleep, and at times, uh, I'm not going to call them all out, but someone runs down. <laughs> we have a, a, a bedroom full of kids. Because they feel safe. They feel safe with mom and dad. They believe mom and dad. They believe dad will protect them. They believe mom will protect them no matter what may come. So in order for us to experience God's fullness of power, God's Holy Spirit power in our lives, we need to let go of this pride in our lives that does not allow us to receive his Holy Spirit in our lives. I don't understand what all that speaking in tongues is. I don't understand what all this uh, joy that they say they have and this jumping up and down and this, uh, you know, one day maybe we will see somebody running through the aisles here. <laughs> because they're experiencing the joy that God has and, and our pride and our intellectual pride does not at times let us, uh, uh, let us um, express our worship to God. And because we can't do that, we can't experience God's power in our lives. The Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. So if you want to feel God's presence in your life, you, you need to raise your hands and just praise. You just need to let go 
And let God, amen. You just need to, you need to put a little, a little hop in your step when we're singing. If we're singing, there's a, there's joy in my heart. If there's joy in the house of the Lord. You can't just be. There is joy in the. You got to do it on beat, okay? And, and you have to. If you're singing, there is joy. Let there be joy on your face. Let there be joy in your body. Let there be joy in your life that's flowing. Another thing that we need to address when you and I want to experience God's power in our lives, we need to confess our sins. The Bible speaks on the fact that the Holy Spirit can be quenched as well as grieved. Because God is holy, our sinful habits and our attitudes can cause his spirit to withdraw from us. Amen. There's a story in the Bible, King Saul, the very first king of, of Israel. The Bible says that the, 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 the spirit of the Lord would withdraw from him and there would be another spirit that came into his life and he was intolerable. He was, he was uh, just a mean man and, and they would bring David to come play again, to praise and to worship. To play and to, to sing psalms unto the Lord. And that while David was singing, his spirit was calmed. So we have to be careful in our lives that these sins that sometimes we're playing with, these sins that we sometimes, uh, we're talking about setting a fire, that we, we're playing with fire, but we're playing with the wrong fire. We need to confess this before God. Because God is willing to forgive us. But God needs to see a heart that is repentant and is confessing what is going on. Some people stuff their secret sins. I spoke on secret sins, right? Uh, last week, in a, you, you, you stuff those secret sins like in, a, in, a, in the back closet in your heart where nobody can reach, nobody can see. And you think that you put it so far deep that not even God will like, access it. But God knows every sector of your heart. And he knows that closet door that you haven't opened. He knows that room that needs to be cleaned out. If you want to experience God's power in your life, it's time for you to open that door. It's time for you to clean out that heart, that, clean out that room, clean out that closet. Invite the light of God's holiness into that dark area in your life. You want to experience God's love, God's power in your, in your life. You also need to deal with your emotional wounds. Praise God. Some people are just too burdened and, and, and we're too, we carry too much emotional baggage with us. And you know what? You may be right. You're right. Somebody hurt you. Somebody caused you some harm. Somebody deceived you. Somebody did something you were not expecting, and you're right. I'm not saying that you're wrong, and I'm not trying to dismiss the fact that, that you're hurting. But you need to bring that hurt before God and lay it at his feet because he is the only one that can heal your wounds. He is the only one that can bring you out of that depression. He is the only one that can bring light to that situation in your life. Some people have been abused. 
Others are weighted down by anxieties. Some of us may be depressed or, or we're grieved by things that are going on in our lives and we need healing. We need to address it. It was like Lazarus. Lazarus died. They, they wrapped him up in how they preserved bodies. They stuck him in the tomb. Jesus came, said, Lazarus. They rolled the stone away, said, Lazarus, come forth. See, you and I, God has called us and said, City Church, come forth to a new life. But when Lazarus came out of that tomb, he was still wrapped up in many bandages and, 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 and in, the, in the cloth that wrapped him for, for preservation. And he needed to be unwrapped. And some of us are still walking around like mummies. And we need to be unwrapped so that so that air can get to our wounds, so that we can begin to heal, so that we can apply balm that will begin to heal, the, begin the healing process. It's not going to be easy. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. There will be things you need to face. There will be difficult moments. There will be times where you're going you're gonna, to uh, um, spill some tears, but it will be worth it. God will heal you. If you want to experience God's fullness of power in your life, some of us here need to surrender our lives, not just part way, not just a quarter of the way, but completely. You cannot be filled with the Holy Spirit if you are full of yourself. If you walk around really believing that you are the hero of your story, just like I would dream that I was the hero of my story, but yet there was something missing because I couldn't fly. See, we can't walk around believing that, that we've got this down. We can't walk around believing that, you know what, I've been so many years in Christ. I've been coming to church and everything's all right, everything's hunky-dory. I, I, the moment you begin to trust in yourself, that's the moment that you fell. Because God never said trust in yourself, trust in your own power. He said trust in me, be with me, give your life to me. Through me you will be made new. Through me there will be healing. Through me there will be lives that are transformed. It's all about Jesus. It's not about us. It's not about us. And there's some of us that sometimes we're just so full of ourselves and, and, and we, we're too willful. Our will is too strong. We don't surrender our plans to Christ. We don't surrender our finances. We don't surrender our relationships. We don't surrender our time to God. You have your lives planned out, but they don't want you don't want God to interrupt it. Praise God. Oh, pastor wants to do community service. I don't get it. I don't understand. Why do we need to do that? Oh, pastor wants us to, to, pass, to practice. Oh, pastor wants us to, to do something, and he's asking for time. And, and what's it all for? Everything that you and I do here in this place is for God's honor and for his glory. Everything that you and I do representing God outside of these four walls is for God's honor and God's glory. 
But we have to surrender our lives to him. God is looking to fill hearts that are emptied and surrendered. God can't fill a heart that's full. There's no space for him. We need to empty ourselves and allow God to fill us. Only those that are fully yielded in God will be able to experience God's power in his life. That power is still available to us today, church. The very same power that healed the sick is the very same power that raised the dead to life. It's the very same power that, that, that rose Jesus from death to life. It is the very same power that the Bible speaks of that there was these disciples that were causing the world to be turned upside down. I wonder, could we be a church that Frisco will look at and say, wow, City Church is here in this town and they are turning our town upside down because they are serving, because they are giving, because they're present when there is a situation, because they are available when there's a need. Or Or will we be a church that If for some reason one day, four years from now, five years from now, ten years from now, we closed up the doors, locked, put some chains on the doors and left, would anybody notice that we were gone? What church are we going to be? Are we going to be a bold church? Are we going to be a church that offers strength when there's weakness in the people's lives and say, you know what, there is strength that is available to you? Are we a church that will offer hope when there is no hope? Are we a church that is going to say, there is a way that you can live your life that will be a life that is full because there is someone that came to this world and he came to give us life and life in abundance. I'm going to ask you to stand today. So you and I can be at the center of this power. You and I can be at the center of this, uh, 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 of this movement in our lives. Our family can be a part of this. Our church can begin this revolution in this, in this city. But the question has to be asked. What will you do?